0: Yes, you're going to have people turn their backs, but it's time for us to keep it real. Just keep talking that real, bro. Do what you do. I know what you do. So
1: keep doing that. Talk the real. The HBI lads will see you now. See you now. See
0: you now. I don't want to cause no problems. Mm-hmm. I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. And we're back. HBI podcast, health, business, and in between. My name is Dr. Nathan Bridger, I am a chiropractor and strength and conditioning coach working out of North Fremantle Chiropractic in North Fremantle, Western Australia, and I am joined. We better start with it, because he's got a big congratulations this week. Uh, Our physiotherapist extraordinaire, Mr. Ben Humphries, is off the markets, ladies ladies and gentlemen, and with that haircut, I guess you're just setting expectations low so that things can only get better. Is that right, my friend?
1: mate that is correct thank you and who what 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 Aussie Baller doesn't like the good underdog story like I've had even Rulan come in today right he's like look I'm gonna be honest with you bro I had a few, few girl clients come in this week and said oh no wonder why Ben put
0: a ring on that he's punching so hard I'm just oh, like, he, is. he <laughs> is mate you are I'm like mate, I, you're playing in the juniors you're is- swinging up in the professionals there mate
1: that's right. That's how, I'm showing the boys how it's done. Even the fucking underdogs can do
0: it. Anyway, it's um,
1: a classic case of uh, under-promise and over-deliver.
0: No, that's, that's the motto to live by, right? And our third man. Seems like if you're watching the video podcast, he's on the tropical beach just hanging out. He's uh, reminiscing of a this time pre-COVID before they shut Victoria back down. down. But... The My Body We're Clinic in another man. six weeks
2: of lockdown. So that's all biotherapist right.
0: Biotherapist extraordinaire, Mina Garas. How is home life, my friend?
2: Look, it's good. It gives us time to do the things we need to do. But um, look, just coming back from second round of where we've been. So at least that way we're better prepared. We know what we need to do. And I guess the stress levels are a lot lower. Um, but look, it is what it is. We need to you know, get everything under wraps. So we'll be right. We'll be fine.
0: That's it. Oh, you just moved to Western Australia like I did. It's lovely and sunny. I can't even go there yet. Jeez, mate. You're not welcome. <laughs> maybe, You're just not welcome. Maybe Nathan predicted all of this. I just, I was just saying today, no, no, I got out just in time. I managed to not only move state and set up a business, but I managed to go on an international trip and get back. And just like two weeks before COVID was a real thing for us all. This
1: place a time traveler.
0: Mate, I'm just, I saw into the future. If only I saw the $80 million dollar lotto numbers oh, last night, I would have been sweet but Maina did. is he the one <laughs> someone in victoria won 80 million dollars last night someone's oh, sole winner
2: victoria.
0: 80 million one of you is probably deserve it but it probably won't be the person who won it but we have a real on topic topic today i'm really happy with this one it's for all our practitioner friends out there and you know i think this is relevant throughout the career but especially for those that are new out of study and into the workforce and it's are you testing enough or are you testing too much? Which is kind of relevant for COVID because apparently you lot in Victoria were not testing enough. So, and your <laughs> security guards are horny apparently. Um, but so what we're really talking about is as practitioners, obviously we are trained in a just litany of different testing, right? And there is that tendency to want to use all of the above. or almost like a demo to your clients to be like, look, how much should I know? But mm-hmm. what, is needed, what is relevant and what is important is often different. So we're gonna leave this one away today where we just want to talk about, you know, like how do you reevaluate what you need to test? How do you decide the tests like as a general sort of I guess the word I want to use is like principle you want to use. And on a day to day regular appointment, how much testing are you actually doing? That's I... a good one. He's and... um... already off. Go, Benny.
1: I'm already, um, I love your, your, your choice of words. Litany, i never even heard that word before. I just looked it up. A, a <laughs> tedious recital repetitive series. Mate, you're fucking, you're smart. I'll give you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy does is read books all day, mate. Of
1: course he is. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm
0: gonna like a thesaurus just sitting down here off screen. You just can't see it.
1: And he's operating on 10% too because he, he doesn't sleep much because of the baby. Oh, mate, geez. imagine this bloke at 100
0: <laughs> all right, I'll just be, later. you won't even see my mouth move. It'll just be all like telepathy, but go for us, Benny. Let's talk. I'm going to let you lead it in because, you know, I think, listen, I can't speak for uh, Mina because I obviously haven't gone through Mayo, but I think physio and car have a lot of similarities in terms of like orthopedic testing and stuff like that. Know when I came out, I reckon just for the shoulder, I knew like 70 orthopedic tests. Mm. and you know your first shoulder patient you come in you probably spent an hour and a half just being like oh look at this look at that look at that at the end of the day if anything it just pissed their shoulder off more i just
1: sore after that no wonder why because you just jammed it so many different times all right um no you're absolutely right there and and it's necessary right when you when you're learning i wouldn't say everything that we learn in university is necessary to our current practice that's for sure because you know, we learn more on a generic sort of level to make sure you're safe, but you're right Nate. like, and what it made it even more confusing was the surnames, you know, the the man or woman who created the test, yeah. then their surname was in the test. And you're like, look, I'm not sure who um, Hawkins Kennedy is, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, is, this is the test that goes with the name. And like, I guess you get a bit lost in translation because you end up, um, with all these ultra beat tests and, and all this data, but not necessarily all this like relevant information or useful information.
0: Yeah, man, and, I, and that's bang on, right? Like, you get to that point where you realize, like, you're evaluating someone and you've done all these tests, and you know there is before anyone points it out. Yes, a lot of these tests have now been, you know, research has shown them to be pointless. And the ones that have been shown to be good are usually good because you got like four or five positives. So, you know, it just kept narrowing the barrier to entry to it being right. But I think one of the biggest things, like if we had an overarching principle of the testing you do on a client, it's that does the result of this test influence the treatment you're going to do? And at future, will you retest it and look for a different result?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So I think as you get better at anything, right, you end up refining your skills and you end up working out what works, what doesn't work. And that's part of critical think- thinking, reflection, all that sort of stuff. So um, when like what I really teach with Rulan a lot, and as you guys know, Rilan uh, is a physio, works with me, is if you don't understand the basics and the fundamentals and the mechanical properties of each structure and function, you can have all these rope learn tests, but, but the clinical relevance is, is next to none. You're not being very good at collecting data, but can you analyze analyze the data and can you analyze it in real time while the person's in front of you while you're under stress under, um, you know, whatever it may be under this yeah, time constraints. The person's got expectations. They're in pain. Like do I keep testing and keep flaring this shoulder up for example? And and potentially risk the person not coming back or should i just you know narrow it down to three differentials i know the treatment will work and then have a think about a little bit more between this appointment and the next future appointment with the person yeah so i find it's just a matter of refining your skills and making sure what you're doing is purposeful and you're and you've got some sort of strategy and tactics while you're running your consult and and that goes for every profession right
2: And that's an interesting point, Benny, because as like, obviously, chirophysia, a different level of of diagnostic testing, but when you look at it from a remedial myo perspective, it's not enough testing, right? And then you jump straight into the treatment and you end up doing more damage than good. So, the kind of message that I send to my guys is you don't have to spend half an hour testing, but like you said, understand your basic testing with, with myos we look at three things like active passive resisted right they're, they're the main thing and then you've got your main diagnostic testing so it's about going for range testing for strength you know understanding exactly where the client's pain is and it's a lot of it subjective so based on what they say and when they came when they come in it's really kind of understanding what their interpretation of pain is and what's actually going on because if you just take it as, as just an objective perspective like you need to make sure that you 're getting the right answer so that 's why we have initial review consultations because we spend a bit more time with with our clients testing and understanding exactly what we 're reading because if you just go blindfolded oh yeah I know the treatment worked sometimes you 're going to do a lot more damage than I would so it 's like where 's the balance
0: yeah one hundred percent man and like you said like And it's not like in most cases, we're not likely to do any significant damage, but you're just likely to piss it more off and person stays in pain longer, which is the last thing you want, right? Like every practitioner's goal is to help the person in front of them. That is why we're in this. This is what we do. That is number one, Mm -hmm. no matter what your profession is, you're there to help that person. And so like you said, I think even what you described before though, but active and passive and range of motion, like that's probably ninety percent of the testing that's most <laughs> relevant, right? Like oh, fuck. so useful, bro. And mm. but the biggest thing happens before you even do the testing. It's the history, right? Like yeah. getting a I thorough think- intake and in history will tell you I like a ninety percent plus. like it all you're using is a little bit of testing to confirm and also make sure that they actually are the way they've described things to you is accurate, right? Because obviously what's mm. said and what's understood are two different things in many cases. So just seeing Depending how like my
1: communication skills,
0: yeah, man, hundred percent. But like 90% of my evaluation is through movement through the human track system where I track through that, I do a bit of strength testing and stuff like that. And then, you know, for me, if there's a hot shoulder and I think that it needs a just quick test to see if we run in a labrum or that I'll test it. But, most of the time, and I'll be honest, I don't tell the person exactly. I'm just, I am just tell them I'm just going to check to see what's going on. I necessarily tell them why I'm testing it. The reason being that I don't want them to catastrophize like some, oh, it could be a labrum. They're like, oh, Jesus, what's that? You're like, hey, shoulder's not working well. We're just going to sort it out. Oh, God. And like, yeah. What's that? <laughs> My labrum. <room. laughs> broken. Yeah. All right. People get so, so like, oh. oh, it's just a little bit of like, you know, there people like impingement, and they're like, Oh my god, I can't move my armor, I'm gonna impinge myself and die. You're just like calm nervous pinch no. <laughs> down, you'll be fine. But you're right, like you yep. just it's about being smart with things. And you know, I, I can tell you, probably every six months I sit down and look at my initial consultation and I look at my, you know, standard barrage of testing, and I go to myself, is it still relevant? Because over the years, I have pulled so much stuff out of it because I realized I was just doing it to show people like, that I knew things, right? It was that one where you're like, hey, I just want to show you that I spent some time at uni and look at all the stuff I know how to do. But it was irrelevant. I never tested it the, again. The, the ego. Yeah. The ego speaking, right? And like, it's like you say, Ben, all the time. I think it's really important. Like, people are there for a result. They don't care how well you can test them. So mm-hmm. the, I know there's a lot of practitioners out there that are doing wall-to-wall sweet FA testing, but they, they hands on and they know how to get the result. And so people love them. And then there's a yeah. people doing like 47,000 different tests that you're there for four hours and they're still not getting the result. Cause all you did was test things. Yeah,
1: And you actually feel worse than when you walked in. Cause you've been aggravated so by the thing <laughs> times. It's just like, Does and it that's hurt? yeah, well, that's where, you know, experience comes into it, and and that's it's not why I learned how to do all the manual therapy techniques. But a big thing for me, learning off Mina, how to do a lot of manual therapy techniques, was because even and I pride myself on being right and getting the diagnosis on point. But you don't have to exactly know all the time exactly what the problem is to actually make the person feel better. And that's that's as you said, Mina. Like when remedial myotherapist you may not test enough because you know um the the more testing you do often you know it can narrow down the differential diagnosis but you at the end of the day as nature said the person is there to feel better and because because you may you, you may narrow it down to three different things doesn't really matter in the client's eyes because the treatment made them feel better. The symptom, the, the treatment took the symptoms away. The treatment restored the function, the, the range of movement. And that's what they're there for at the end of the day. But for your own sake, and especially if you're delving into you know mentoring and teaching other people about things, it's obviously very handy to be spot on the diagnosis, to be yeah. simple, straightforward, have, have good methodology, um, good methodology to what you do and make sure everything's done with a purpose and a reason behind it.
2: Because the, the other thing is getting it wrong and wasting the, the client's time and money, right? So let's say someone says, Oh, I've got pain in the shoulder. Automatically, you know, do an arm elevation test. Oh, yeah, bicep tendinitis, right? When it not be that, it could be just, infra, uh, you know, the pain that you get from infraspinatus, right? So you're kind of treating the wrong muscle, right? Mm. So again, this is where it plays an important factor in making sure that your differential diagnosis is accurate, though.
0: I'm going to jump slightly different off that, though. Mm. I don't think the diagnosis is important. I think the understanding of why it happened is more important. So too often in healthcare, people are focused on what tissue is injured and not enough on why the tissue is injured. Because you can have, in my opinion and my experience, the same issue in 10 different people, but the way each of their body demonstrates or has, you know, signaled to them there's a problem is different. So you can have issues with, you know, scapulothoracic control, cervicothoracic control, uh, problems with shoulder movement, but you may get one person that demonstrates it through bicep tendonitis, one through label issues, one through subacromial space syndromes, one through neck spasms, one through pain down the arm. If you're just di- differentially diagnosing what the pain is, you are kind of like the forest for the trees, right? Like you, mm then this is what comes back to what Ben said before. The getting an understanding of generally the main issues that are going to cause these things allows you to just start working and helping the person without actually needing to know the specific tissue in a lot of cases isn't that important because without, you know, higher-level imaging, it's actually impossible to 100% ever confirm and even then we have to talk the difference between function and structure so if we can Mm -hmm. say all right i see the following things it's most likely pain caused from x y or z structure and the reason for that though is because they're unable to do x then we can initiate a treatment protocol and we know within a very high certainty that we are going to be able to help them and then we also Mm -hmm. know that we're going to clear out you know the um if you hear hooves, you think zebras. not, I mean, you think horses, not zebras, we can clear out mm. the horses. And then if there's still stuff left over, then we know to target the zebras. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So good points there. Like a, you can have like a, a process of elimination and it all depends like, right? Like, cause we got practitioners from students through to like new graduates, new practitioners through to experienced practitioners. Right. Um, Completely, it completely all depends on your own experience, like your own role to play, and that will definitely, and your own skill level, will determine what happens. But at the end of the day, if, as Nate said, I think that the most important thing here is is to make sure you're refining your processes and your, I guess, your habits that you do with your clients and making sure that you're keeping things short, sharp, specific. And as, as we said, like, as you learn more and more, you don't have to do a yeah. conglomerate like, of tests to find out what's wrong. So
0: I think one of the signs you'll see is like the more experienced the practitioner, the probably less testing they do because yeah, they have clinical right. experience. Seen it. I've seen it before. The, sh- the sharper that? they get, that's right. Yeah. And so like for the newer grads listening or students, like use this stuff where appropriate to help you be confident with your like, and this is a way for you to leverage experience because these things are going to point you in the right direction. But just don't get attached to it. I think that's the biggest thing right now is not getting attached to testing because it's something you've always, always done, done. Where there's it may not be necessary and there may be better options available to you. Hundred percent. Right. Well, unless you boys have anything else to add, I know Nate's going to get back to work. You happy to polish it up there? Yeah, I think we'll we'll close off there. I think that's hit the point, right? Like I don't think there's any there's much more to add. It's just like Fuss. everything at all times should have a purpose when you're doing things with a client. Whether it's treatment, whether it's evaluation, even in the history, every question should have a reason and a purpose. Correct. And so we don't want fluff, we don't want waste the time, and we don't need mm-hmm. we don't want to waste other people's time. So if you are intelligent with your Design, intelligent design. You see, what I dropped in there talking evolution today. I like that. Um, then you will do. You know, you will maximize your output at the same time, maximizing the results for people.
1: Absolutely, and Brilliant. and don't it be afraid to just be simple. Yeah. Like, Keep as simple. i said, boys, posture, range of motion, some basic strength testing. Yeah, mate, that will cover most of the problems. Yeah, and yeah. Then pretty quickly too. <laughs> if you yeah, it's 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 easier and simpler than people think, and um just don't overcomplicate it because you just yeah. confuse the fuck out of yourself, and then if you're confused, your clients confused. So just, yeah.
0: just keep, the, it, yeah. keep it keep it simple straight away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep it super stupid, hundred percent. Yeah. All right, team. Well, short, sharp, and I think big, big delivery this week. So. As always, please, if you learned something today, grab a screenshot, tag us in, throw it up on the gram. We really do appreciate it. It helps us help more people. And when we help more people, they can help more people as well. And please, if you have the time, swing in and drop us a five-star review on wherever you get your podcast from. Otherwise... It's your bloody story. (laughs) the story is number one get it going all right Um, we appreciate you as always and we will see you soon have an epic week
2: see you guys